Three, two, one, we are on. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the True Leisure Podcast, the amazing True Leisure Podcast. Today, we have episode five of season two. If you guys remember, in the last season, we had an episode called Dreams, in which we talked about dreams, not our hopes and aspirations for the future that everybody tells us to follow in every single motivational speech ever but rather our physical dreams, literally, that we see when we are asleep. In the last episode, we labeled that as part one, and the reason being is that we just knew that that subject had so much material to it that we would end up doing another part of that episode in the future. Well, the future is now. We have dreams part two that we are talk- doing today. And uh, yeah, let us begin. I hope you guys have wonderful time listening to this and let's get started. I'm going to pass the hypothetical mic off to G. Obviously, I'm not passing a literal mic off to him because he is many, like almost 100 miles away from me. But yes, yeah, G, I'm passing on the flame to you. Continue this episode and make me proud. About 150. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, so in part one, we talked more about the theory of dreams, more like why we dream, the evolutionary advantages of dreaming, and some things about dreams that aren't entirely understood, like lucid dreaming and sleep paralysis and all those things. We got into, I would say, the physical part of dreams, but... We ran out of time near the end when we were going to start talking about our own dreams and start of and sort of analyzing them. So that's what part two is for. That's this is the episode where we get more into some of the dreams that we want to share and um, maybe we can discuss their meaning with each other. So. Would anyone like to um, start off with an example of like a dream they had recently that they thought was cool? If not, then I can, I can go. Nothing. Okay. Nice horse. (laughs) Yeah, that was a horse. Okay, so. Uh, there are a lot of interesting dreams or things that happen in some of the dreams that I have. A lot of them are, I would say, based on what's happened in the day. So one of the things we mentioned in the previous episode was how uh, dreams are a way of processing what happens during the day, like finding if there was any uh, thing we missed or just replaying the events. And I find that that happens quite a lot. Like a lot of dreams, if I was at school that day, then it would take place at school. And overall, it kind of changes with the environment. Um, Recently, I've been driving a lot. This summer, we talked about how we were going to be more active and doing more stuff with each other. So I've been driving a lot. And... So a few funny things that I've noticed about 
driving in my dreams. For one, the brakes don't work. So if I try to hit the brakes, they just the car will just keep on going. And so if I am behind a car in traffic, then I have to swerve around it. Either that or I have to like really, really mash the brakes and floor it. Otherwise it just the car will not stop. And <laughs> I wake up relieved that okay, that was just a dream. Another thing that I noticed is sometimes uh, I'm like told by my family to drive uh, everyone to some place. But I have to drive from the back seat. And all I'm given to turn the steering wheel are like a couple of broom handles. So I'm using these handles to like turn the wheels while I'm sitting in the back and my vision is very obscured by the seats in front of me. So <laughs> it's kind of hard to see when I'm driving. And I would say the third and most odd thing is the traffic lights are upside down. I don't know if that makes sense, but they're upside down in the sense that you know how uh, red light is at the bottom and then green light's on top? Mm-hmm. So it's reversed in the dream. And I, I don't know. It's like it, it's kind of insignificant, but it's consistent enough that I thought it was worth mentioning. Huh. I had to do a double take. I like, couldn't remember which one was on the top. Yeah. <laughs> do you think do- the being in the backseat and driving or not having brakes has any significance? It could. I could. It, it could be something like uh, the no breaks part could just be about how life keeps going on and on, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna like jump to such like. What is it? Um, hard conclusions, right. just because dreams are interpretable. But I, I would say that is kind of something I thought was interesting, that it's consistent. So that means, in in my experience, when things are consistent, it there's a reason for it right and as far as me being in the backseat when i'm driving the only explanation that i think i could really think of is how like growing up i always had to be in the backseat of a car right i couldn't drive so my mind like kind of adjusted to that idea that okay when you get into a car you get into the backseat but that, I guess, schema that has been consistent in my youth has is now clashing with the fact that I'm now in the driver's seat. Okay. It's really... It's interesting thinking about it now, because I didn't give it that much thought. That's cool. Like, if, if it's actually blending. Yeah. 
The broom handles, though, I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> Are there anything that you guys like find consistent in dreams? Yeah, it depends on what kind of dream it is. So I think if it's not, so I usually have like three types of dreams. I have like the really, really cool dreams, the fun ones. I have the very peaceful dreams. I have the super weird dreams where it's just like nothing makes sense. And I have, then there's nightmares. Now, in terms of, so that's four types of dreams. So in terms of like the super, super crazy types of dreams where nothing makes sense. I would say that there's one thing that happens a lot. And it's happened in multiple dreams. And it's usually, and it's it's happened like quite, I've like noticed it quite recently. It's been happening a lot in my dream. It's like, I'm in a, I'm in a chair, like a, like a office chair that like moves around and has wheels on it and it can like roll around. So I'm in that chair and the chair starts spinning and it's just spinning round and round and it goes faster and faster and faster. And I'm just like sort of like stuck and I can't get up and I'm just I just have to endure like the the spinning until it stops. Is it like the chair that you're sitting in right now or it could be any chair. chair? It can be any chair. Hmm. So that happens consistently? It doesn't happen in every dream, but in, in like some of the in like the crazy dreams, it does happen quite a lot. Okay. Is it the feeling of like, oh, here we go again? Yeah, sometimes. And it's, it's always like, I know I can't do anything to stop it, so I just kind of have to ride it out. Or rather, I don't know how to stop it. Another thing that happens in one of those crazy dreams is I'm a pilot and I'm flying an airplane. But the airplane falls out of midair. Like it just drops. But the weird thing is that... okay. Or, or either it drops or it just like like I lose control of like the yoke and it just like does like a nosedive as fast as it can. And the interesting thing is, you know how like when you're when you're like people that like I have heard that have like skydived, they say that like that adrenaline feeling only lasts like a few seconds and then once you're like just falling consistently, it just feels like air being blown in your face. So the nosedive only happens until, like, it gives me, it, like, it doesn't nosedive. Like, that adrenaline rush comes up, and then it goes normal, and then it doesn't nosedive again. So it's not consistent. Like, just consistently just falling. You've never actually skydived, have you? No. 
but it felt like uh, it felt kind of like that. Yeah. It's cool that it emulates something you haven't actually done yet. Yeah. I did look up your uh, you driving. Okay. Sorry, go ahead, Alex. Yeah, I was just gonna. Do you think that like knowing how skydiving is for other people might influence how you felt during that? I mean, I it, I don't skydive to like find out. I don't think it has anything to do with like the actual sensation of skydiving. It's just like a feeling of just losing control, whether that's you know sitting in the chair that's spinning. Or driving, or like flying an airplane that suddenly does a nosedive and losing control of the handle. Okay. But I did look up uh, meanings for the dreaming about driving from the backseat. And apparently, like, it has quite a few interpretations. Like, for example, one interpretation would be dreaming about driving a car from the backseat symbolizes a fear of change you've gotten used to a routine and you're locked in it and you uh, don't want to get out okay so another like not moving to the front seat yeah i guess because uh, like the reason why i could see that is like we spend all the time we spend a long time you know of our childhood sitting in the back seat but once when it comes to and we know that we actually have to drive a car, right? We know that, like, eventually we have to move to the front seat from the back seat. But they, we're afraid of change in our life. So we we have to drive, but we don't want to, like, get out of our routine. Another interpretation is um, it's a symbol of a... So Sorry, an- another uh, an- so another interpretation is a, a symbol of a missed opportunity, and the third is a symbol of inability. So, dreaming about driving a car from the backseat signifies you do not feel you're living up to your expectations, or you are trying to battle, and you're battling to reach an unreachable goal. What was the second one? Uh, missed opportunity. You said like a task ahead of you. Yeah. I'll, I would say that those... Where'd you find these interpretations from? Just looked it up on Google. Okay. Yeah, I was going to mention... Um, I think Freud... I don't remember if it was Freud. I think it was him. But he did a lot of studying into dreams and he I, I think there's like documentations online of what certain symbols and dreams mean uh collectively so like for example uh my dad told me once um a long time ago he said if you ever see a snake in your dream uh to kill it because snakes are a bad omen and so um you'd want to purge it from 
your mental. And I guess that can kind of make sense because if you look up like a snake, then it would be uh, adversity in a sense or some, yeah, some sort of adversity, some sort of threat to survival. Right. So we're sort of built in afraid of snakes. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go back to a previous point about emulating feelings and dreams because I can totally relate to that. So I, I go to UC Santa Cruz and over there, like it, it's a forest campus. So in typical fashion, there's a lot of hippies and Wiccans. And a lot of them do drugs. That's just how it is. And while while I've never like partaken myself, the sometimes like in a dream, I have um, someone offer it to me. And in the dream, uh, when I'm under like the effect of this drug that I've never tried before my brain will sort of um, emulate like the feelings of it based on what my perception is for people who do do it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like for example, um, when for like for drinking, I know this isn't necessarily the case, but I guess my perception of uh, drinking is when you get drunk, everything is kind of like a swirl. And everything becomes more colorful. So that's what my dream just kind of uh, recreated. That That's okay. what it's like to be drunk. And saying it out loud now, it's kind of... That sounds more like what psychedelics are for. But in the dream world, like, being under the influence is just being under the influence. So... I thought, that was, I thought that was a pretty cool uh, parallel. Yeah. I want to expand upon, you know, the type, you know, the emulating feelings in dreams. So I wanted to talk about this dream I had a while ago. And I told, I think I told you guys about this, but basically, and this also has to do with another topic in terms of dreams. It's the shifting of perspective within a dream. So shifting from, you know, first person to third person or, you know, anything. Or like a bird's eye view, something like that. So basically, I had a dream in which it started out in first person. So I started out as just myself. But then it sort of shifted to uh, like a, you know, like a Google Earth kind of view where like you have like the Earth like just there. And you're like kind of you kind of it's kind of like a top view of the Earth, like when you open Google Earth, or if you just search up an image of planet Earth, it's like a top picture of Earth. So you kind of shifted to that, and there was like a another planet below Earth that was a lot bigger than it, and basically what happened was Earth fell. It just falls in space and it's not possible, but it just fell. 
and then it falls into the ocean of that other planet. And then the entire world just gets engulfed in water. And I remember like what happened was in that dream, uh, I was just sitting in my room and there was just like water just comes everywhere and it like breaks through my window. And I remember like thinking like, well, you know, and I'm like trying to hold my breath, trying to like just survive. But then I just remember that like the entire world just got engulfed by water. So it's the end. And then everything just kind of fades into darkness. And normally what's interesting is that if something like that happens in a dream, usually I'll wake up. But this time I didn't. And what happened was I opened my eyes in the dream and I'm standing in like this dark room and there are these lights that get illuminated one by one of this pathway. And I follow the lights and it leads me to this big computer. And the scene was very similar to in the first Incredibles movie where Mr. Incredible is like, He's in like Syndrome's special room and there he has like that computer and the lights are getting illuminated and it's like this big huge screen with like this huge keyboard and that's how it was and basically like I I turn I pressed a key I pressed like the power button and the computer turned on and it was like a file it was like a what came up was like a file and it was me. It was like my name, everything that I had like done in that life and everybody I knew. It was like a file. It was just my life. And then I closed on it and the full and the computer was like just full of other files. And I realized that like, these were all like my other like past lives in that dream. And there were like that, that file was just one of them. And what happened was I got the option to sort of continue and that I could choose what I wanted to be next. And it gave me like a bunch of options for like, it showed me like, like a bunch of like worlds, fantasy worlds, fictional worlds, real worlds. I could go back and, you know, live another life. But basically, yeah, it was like after dying, I just like, it was like the spirit room for me, which I assume was my interpretation of like, you know, just everything that had happened and like everything my soul had gone through in the past because I'm from the modern, modern world. So I interpret things like files to be digital instead of like an actual room. But yeah, that was pretty, uh, it's pretty interesting. It was... All right. Um, there might have been a cut for you guys right there. Our recording got cut off. So, uh, as I was saying, we're continuing. And this goddamn horse is like, every time we start the recording, the horse like... <laughs> <laughs> so, maybe, uh, close my window. maybe that's like an inauguration. <laughs> Our welcoming into the Zencaster room. But Bojack is listening in. <laughs> okay, so 
Basically, as I was saying. Oh, man. We're ready to do some dreaming right now, but basically, as I was saying, that spirit room of mine, I think the reason why I envision the computer is because I live in the modern world and I interpret things like files. My subconscious interprets them to be digital and something like soup as big as like, you know, the, the archives of your soul. It's going to probably require a lot of, uh, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of really powerful computer, which is why I guess the first thing that came to mind of my subconscious was that huge computer that Syndrome had in the first Incredibles movie. But basically, that was a really interesting and weird experience because. You know, no, you don't really know what's going to happen after you die. So for my dream to create something like that to the best of its ability, I thought it was really interesting. And especially the thing about having a choice on how to live your next life and just keep going, you know, for all of eternity, just live out infinite number of lives. Must may maybe there was maybe there's some sort of higher purpose, but I don't know, it's just a dream. Anybody else have anything to add? <clears throat> I would say that that is probably the best version of the afterlife that could be perceived, in my opinion. I like the idea that you know reincarnation has always been explained as like okay yeah your soul transfers but i kind of like the idea of like a middle period where you're kind of debriefed and you get to choose yeah. what where you go next and the fact that it was like syndromes specifically like syndromes computer like when you were describing the lights turning on that was exactly what i was imagining too just because i'd seen the movie so many times you know what's interesting though so mm-hmm. I've been so I played this game called Megaton Rainfall, right? And I told you guys about it. And in that in that sort of game, you're basically playing as this extraterrestrial spirit like being. But what's interesting is that you're like you're contacted by this cube where it's like somebody talking. But they're communicating with like this magical cube. And one thing that like sort of stuck out to me in that game was like, he, he said like, I don't know. I kind of forgot what he said, but it was something along the lines of humanity can't perceive, you know, things like this, like, like the universe and things like, you know, the soul or the spirit or things like that. The, the humanity is unable to perceive, like, the scope of things. It was something like that. Hold on. I, but you guys can go on. I'll, let me look it up and I'll tell you guys what exactly it is. That's yeah, something I... related to that, huh? Yeah. I was thinking that 
the most prevalent time when we see, you know, for me at least, when I see spiritual things, they are within dreams, right? Mm-hmm. Things like, I talked about in the first episode, I saw like a ghost in one of my first lucid dreams. And we know that there's people that do sleepwalk and there's people that lucid dream differently and more vividly and more often, right? So I was thinking that coming from an agnostic point of view, right? That spirituality might have a lot to do with the influence of dreams, Mm -hmm. things like that. And things like alien abduction, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe theoretically a lot of sleep stories, like a lot of alien abduction stories were actually really intense lucid dreams or something like that. Yeah. And that's why there's very little evidence for the actual abduction. Or that's why a lot of stories like stuff from the Bible might be only written down and there isn't actual like extensive evidence of the things happening or like physical evidence right mm-hmm. I see that point of view I like to I, I like to think this is kind of not real. I don't know if it's related I kind of enjoy dreams where it's like you have an out of body experience like you could be in your dream world you are not you basically you are someone else that you know or you could even just not even be human you could be an animal you could be an alien uh in halo there's the arbiter and i had a dream that i was him and i was going through the events of halo 2 through him and some out-of-body experiences could also happen as a in the sense that like so there's first person and third person right Mm -hmm. but i've had dreams that are that have been second person and for those of you that like don't know second person is you so everything is being terms of you uh, being spoken in terms of you and your so i've had experiences where all the stuff that has happened in a dream was on a computer monitor and i was simply just controlling that character with a keyboard and mouse so i remember watching a video um about a second person perspective it was a it was a car racing game i think that the person who made the video was playing and he talked about how there was this one mission where 
you have to play as a car chasing you, your character, but you're not driving the car that's chasing your car. You're driving your own car, and the camera is an AI that's following your car. Yeah. Does, does that make sense? So, like, if you have the first person's perspective of uh, the car in front of you, but the controls are not controlling that car. They're controlling the car that you're pursuing. And I think that's the closest, like, example I can give to how it feels to dream in the second person. That I can... I can input the controls in the first person, but the controls are all happening to another person that is supposed to be me. Yeah. That makes sense. That might be a cool experimental game idea, to be honest. I don't think anybody has really done a second person type thing. I completely agree. I think the closest we probably have come besides that is maybe... My experience playing Fez was more or less like that. Okay. You wouldn't say it's just a 2D platformer? I I guess that would be like third person, I don't know. It is a 2D platformer, but there's three dimensions to it. And, you know, there's... I think there's points in the game where you're controlling multiple versions of yourself. Maybe not. Maybe I'm thinking of the wrong game. But yeah. Yeah. Akash, what were you? Um, you were looking something up, right? Yeah, it was just the. Uh the game so basically the protagonist of that game you were a human but you chained you were uh, transformed into an ethereal being created to basically carry out tasks of a higher being and the creator explains to you that humans are the they're like the chosen ones and they're like his greatest creation and obviously you know this is just a game but i think just that aspect of you know there are so many things that are taking place in the universe that you know we don't know that may or may not affect us directly and like indirectly or directly and we have no way of knowing them and we have no way of interacting with them yet everything is still sort of interwoven i thought that was a uh, it's kind of mind-blowing it's like the idea of like us existing in a plane that we like we exist in higher dimensions but we cannot perceive them we can only perceive the third dimension i remember when we talked about megaton rainfall you mentioned the feeling of like an ant trying to communicate with a human 
and that's similar to what it's like for you to speak to the higher being. It's like no, that was that for. No, I think what I was talking about was like when I was playing that game, right? And I, so basically in that game, you can like fly like, like, but like faster than the speed of light. And I think it's like a trillion times faster than the, than the speed of light. So you can essentially just like jump galaxies in seconds but i think one the thing that was like kind of unca- uncanny about it or like unsettling about it was you know flying out to the edge of the universe gave you a feeling of uneasiness in that you're still even though like you're you know this ethereal being but the perspective is still of a human so what you have is you're so detached and you have the perspective of a human in a place where no human should be, which is at the edge of the universe. And that was a, it was an eerie feeling. I can't, I can't really describe it. It's just super eldritch. Yeah. I see what you mean. Cause think about it like this, right? The universe is roughly over 13 billion years old. Yeah. And if you can travel at trillions the time of the speed of light, Mm -hmm. then you can go past where light has traveled Mm -hmm. and there was nothingness. Yeah. Or maybe there was something, but we just... We, there is something, but we just can't perceive it because there isn't, because our eyes are made to see where there is light, yeah. but there is no light there. Mm-hmm. You know, actually, I had a dream about this. Uh, you know, just to sort of bring the discussion back to our topic, uh, but still keeping it along the same lines. I had a dream about like the sheer time like just time itself, how it's such a such a confusing thing because think about it, you know, in this dream, I basically was like, I was playing, I was like this per, like a, I was basically a spectator and I was just like watching the universe. But I think the mo- the important thing was like our universe is like 14 billion years old. Right or fifteen billion, fifteen billion years old. The Earth is four point six billion years old. Humans have only been around for like a hundred thousand years. Two thousand years ago was Christ. So everything two thousand years ago to now is everything that we have, you know, documented. Or rather, like, it's like the the period of human history of the world that is fairly modern. And when you take into account the larger context of how long, you you know, humans have been alive. The past 2,000 years. Before Christ, all the way up to the 100,000 years ago, to where humans, you know, existed. Just think of the sheer scale. 
in 2000 years, we have had civilizations die, arise. We've had the Crusades. We have had absolutely just like, you know, emer emergence of new religions. We've had, uh, uh, what's it called? We've had technological advancements. We've had philosophical advancements, social advancements. We've, you know, even in just the past 100 years, we've gone so far in technology. And in the past 2,000 years, if you take into account everything that has happened, every single war, every single advancement, every single event that's happened in 2,000 years, that is a very, very tiny point compared to 100,000 years. That means you have 80,000 years of human history that is unaccounted for, in which, you know, we don't know. Like that's that's a like that's a long period of time, you know, eighty thousand. Like the amount of people that you know lived and died, the the minds that you know existed on Earth. I think it's amazing. Uh, and if you take into account even you know if you go even further back, you know, humans hundred thousand years ago, Earth four point six billion, the universe fifteen billion. So now we've really zoomed out. We view the entire history of the universe as a timeline. Here's 15 billion years ago. Here's now. It's like a, uh, what's it called? Where it's like a number line that's continuously going. and But it has like one, one end is like one stop. Is it a vector or a ray? It's a ray. Yeah, a ray, right? Where you have one finite point and one infinite point going in one direction. That's our universe. But 15 billion years ago, there was no universe. But if the universe could have come into existence 15 billion years ago, what, ha what, like, look at the amount of time 15 billion years ago. Like, what was all before that? Because it's infinite in this direction. And once you take away this finite point in the middle 15 billion years ago, it's infinite in that direction. So how many universes could have arise and risen that were trillions of years old and just died out before ours came along? Because I mean, I, I mean that's that's like think about this, right? Uh, yeah, go for it. I was gonna say, think about how what even is a year? I don't mean to sound like Omni Man. What are what is seventeen years? Now, what, what is a year? A year is the Earth's rotation around the sun. Mm -hmm. The sun will only exist, its, its lifespan will only be for about 10 billion, 10 billion? Or was it 10 million? Something like that. I don't remember. One of those two. It'll exist for a long time, but like... 15 billion years ago is to us a year is a long time but in a few billion years there won't even be a record 
for the unit of time that is a year because the sun will have died. Mm -hmm. So it's like time itself is how do you measure like let's say let's say humans are the chosen ones and we outlive all galactic civilizations and we prosper for millions and maybe billions of years very unlikely but let's say that happens mm -hmm. At, how do you explain like everything is going to be in years so we would have to find a new unit of time to yeah. use once the sun dies we are actually at a point where we have measured a second out by using the atoms in our universe so i saw a video on this before but the way they did it is they got cesium atoms and they timed the frequency of each atom and then a certain amount of those frequencies is one second so although the second is based off of like the divisible the divisible of a year uh, we, we've nailed it down to something that can consistently be used for like the rest of the universe history interesting that's pretty cool but still it's arguably it's arguably obscure but it's still like you said the most consistent thing we have it's pretty cool like I know the I know that a meter is like the length of a meter is determined by it, it's like a fraction of the length from the North Pole to the equator or either pole to the equator. I have a question. Mm -hmm. uh, this might seem like a dumb question, but I'm also kind of tired, so my brain is not functioning properly, so I'm just kind of throwing it out there. Our laws of physics apply to our universe, right? No matter where you are in the universe, our laws of physics apply. doesn't matter if you're like on the Andromeda galaxy. You're still going to abide by the same laws of physics. But if there were universes before like 15 billion years ago, like let's say, I don't know, 100 billion years ago or 1 trillion years ago in modern time. The universes that could have existed potentially, would they have had the same laws of physics? Would they have been the same? Is that the question? Yeah. Okay. Um, I was going to say something, but I think I'm muted. <laughs> um, I was going to suggest that, you know, right now our working theory for how universes are created is through the Big Bang, right? The explosion of singularity. Yeah. The way that the explosion... The, the, the theory is how the universe ends, if it does end, mm -hmm. is that everything will come back into a singularity and then explode again. Mm -hmm. So I would like to think that 
you know, like you said, in that time frame, physics, or in the, even before, physics could still be the same. Because without, without the, without like the same physics occurring each and every time consistently, there would be different explosions. An explosive is inherently a physics thing. Yeah. So I guess that's my take on it. I think it's, I think it could be consistent throughout worlds. Like, uh, without those, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I'm getting at, what Alex said. Yeah, assuming it's cyclical, I think it probably would have the same laws, because it's the same material. That's assuming that something doesn't happen to the material when an event like that happens. I don't know. It's hard to say with the existence of different particles that we're learning about now. Going back to dreams, um, I don't remember if I talked about this in the first episode. I might have. But the first dream that I can remember... It could have just been my first ever dream. It was me just floating in the universe and talking to some being of authority. And, you know, it was, it it made sense to me in my infantile brain. The conversation that we had was more or less like, it, it was pretty deep. I would say it's like about as deep as what we were going to, or as, as we are talking about right now, like for barely even a year old, I would say so that that's the level of like conversation I was having. And I just remember like, sometimes I have these um, experiences where it's like, holy crap. I am existing. What does it mean to exist? Why am I able to move my hand like this and it moves? Why am I only able to see through my eyes and not everyone else's eyes? If I stab that person over there, will they bleed or are they just a figment of my imagination? Existence itself is probably one of the few miracles of this universe. And that was something that I learned from that dream. I would argue that uh, this the existence of our universe as a miraculous event. Not just like the existence of us, but just the existence of the universe. Could you imagine existing at a time where everything is better than it was arguably many, many years ago? 
How do you mean? Like, like what happened that caused us to be existing in this 21st century? Literally every, well, the Big Bang, the creation of uh, uh, planet Earth, the primordial soup, the creation of the evolution of humans in this exact form, our parents and grandparents and every single person in our ancestry meeting each other and our parents meeting each other us exist yeah, uh, yeah. us being born yeah that's i understand that much but what i'm asking is why am i so, so why am i living this life and why is it that when i wake up i'm not in another person's body why am i stuck to this why am i tethered to this body because everything is within the confines of your own mind and your own consciousness is it that everything is within my the confines of my mind or is it that my mind is confined no it's it's that you're you it depends on how you define you but everything that you are no matter however you define yourself is within the confines of your body your mind and if you believe in it your soul at this point in time if you don't believe in a soul then further emphasizing like the body thing I, I think it's probably random chance and it just happened to be within this brain and that's why there's tethering and we can't really go beyond that because memories are limited to this one organ yeah mm-hmm. and something to sort of add along that just sort of going back into my previous like the dream i had about you know reincarnation right let's say you know after you know when you uh your soul like you're in this life right now right let's say just going off that dream just humor me for a second right let's say that you you're in this life because your soul chose it right that does not mean like effectively your soul would stay the same but you are a different person because you don't you don't remember anything that happened before you know you were alive and what makes us up is like our experiences and our memories so like if for example if I like like in that in that dream, right? So if let's let's say I chose that I wanted to be Superman, right? But if I were to go into the life of Superman, I would not remember me. My like this me. I would not remember this me. So when that life ends, and then I go back into that spirit room, only then would I remember that I'm this me and I'm also that me. 
but at that point that life will have just been a dream so essentially you are living all those lives but you are also not at the same time if that makes sense because each time you're starting off with a blank slate for a mind and you're filling it up with memories and experiences and every single past experience and memory you only access at a certain point in time not before that right i think it's interesting how reliant the idea of consciousness is mm-hmm. on memory yeah We can't know if we've lived other lives because there's no memories of those things. Yeah, we don't remember. But we also can't tell if the past is real. Like, there's no way of proving that the past exists. And there's no way of proving that dreams exist. We just go off the fact that, like, everybody says that they have dreams, right? That's not really a formal proof of a dream existing. Unless if you like write it down and you journal your dream and you can remember it. Right. Just just remembering something. Assuming memory is valuable, right? Mm-hmm. Given, you know, you write something one one day and then... You forget about it by the time you go and write, uh, read it again, right? Or it's different how you remembered it. Yeah. Then that that makes everything kind of questionable, right? Yeah. I actually have an experience about this. So back in high school, when I was in ninth grade, at the end, I think it was like, um, yeah. So at in like ninth grade, at the beginning of the year they had us write letters to our future self and I wrote my letter and two years later when we got them back I I didn't even remember we had that I didn't remember what I wrote I didn't remember that this is a thing then we got the letter back and then I remember oh yeah I wrote this letter but I didn't remember what I wrote so when I was reading it it felt like I was reading a letter from somebody else because I had no memory of writing that. So it felt like somebody else had written me this letter, a totally different person. Yet it wasn't a totally different person. It was me. But you could argue that it was a totally different person because me right now at this point in time only exists as me because of the culmination of my experiences and memories. And at that point, I did not have all the memories that I would have had in these two years that I've had. So this is a total, this is a totally different person. Yeah. Um, Ethan, do you remember in senior year for econ, our teacher made us write a letter to ourselves for after the first semester of college? Yep. I got that letter and I still have not read it yet. Because I cannot remember what I wrote. And I'd like to point out that I feel like the reason why you can't remember what you wrote is because you were a different person back then. So you are reading a letter by a different person. Yeah, Yeah. I read it myself and it definitely felt that way. Like, I definitely 
did not remember. Like, writing all that, and it was kind of cringy, but it was like, eh, I wrote this, it can't be that bad. <laughs> like, I'm telling myself after the fact that I judged it. It, it was definitely odd. I feel like if I were to predict what my letter said, I don't want to read it for, like, a bit, but I can predict that my past self was just a, an absolute dick to what I my current self. Huh. It's like, hey, <laughs> you've probably messed up a lot, <laughs> knowing myself. Damn. But stay in there, or hang in there. Probably some shit like that. What do you plan on doing? There were just two things I wanted to mention, I guess, that I was thinking of while you guys were talking. One, um... Yeah, I was look. I was looking forward to sharing like a bunch of my dreams, but I feel like this conversation was more significant. Like it turned out way better because we actually got to talk more on. I guess um, not. It's just theory and what connects us all, and so. As for myself, like, you know, not everyone remembers their dreams. Even I sometimes forget my dreams. And when I write them down, um, I know sometimes I'll catch myself, like, changing some detail just so that it sounds better or sounds cooler. But um, if, if, like, if I'm ever in a conversation... I, and if it was someone, I will probably just be like, oh, yeah, I remember that thing happening in a dream or something like that. Because I remember a lot of my dreams. It's just, it's like, it's not like a computer where they're just a bunch of files. It's more like a library. And you have to go and pick out the book yourself to remember it. And I feel like, that is something that all of us are capable of doing if we put the time and effort into eternally internally reflecting. Like, I genuinely think it's possible to remember your dreams if you can't. And yeah. lastly, I think to you, the viewer, um, if you liked this discussion on the cosmos and rebirth, I highly recommend you read the short story. It's called The Egg by Andy Wire. Oh, yeah. The Egg. It's fantastic. I remember the first time I read that story, it completely blew me away and changed the way I thought about things. All right. Are we done? Honestly, I could talk so much about so, this. I mean, I think... <laughs> yeah. Alright. Well, we have a part three. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly... I just looked up the egg, and I'm looking at, like, reading of the... the sum Not the summary, but, like, what it's about. If anybody, like, wants to... I'll read it, and if anybody wants to talk about it. I'm down for that. 
Oh, we're kind of we're like an hour and five no, minutes. No, 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 not right now. I'm mean, just like personally on our own. Okay. Side. Okay. All right, guys. Well, stay tuned for future episodes. And yeah, I mean, my mind is kind of fried at this point, so I'm not really sure what to say other than the fact that this was a very amazing, riveting conversation that we had. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope it left you thinking about your own existence because it definitely left me thinking about mine. And I hope you guys dreamed well tonight. Dream well tonight. And yeah, have a nice day. Thanks. Peace.